This week, we are welcoming a very talented musician, multi-instrumentalist, sound engineer, and apparently a coach, Jeffrey Rainey. Hello, gentlemen. Good day, sir. Welcome to the show. Thank Welcome, you. Jeff. Welcome. Glad to have you here. Uh, first off, I got to know, what's what's Coach all about? Coach? Yeah, you had in your bio that people call you Coach. Oh, that comes from Rogers. Um, I guess because every co-op student and everyone who, everyone who came on the scene after I started and they were working in the audio department, um, I would work with them to... Uh, to uh, to learn how to, to, to teach them how the board worked and how things operated in terms of putting shows on the air. And uh, the goal was always to get them to be able to do it independently. And you looked at how quickly you, you looked at how they how they picked up on things. You might have someone who's come in and who's familiar with tech and the audio background and maybe they've done stuff for school and some people who just stumbled upon it for the first time. And uh, sometimes it might take two days, sometimes it might take two weeks, but ultimately, they, they get to where they're doing things independently. So I guess that's kind of where coach came from. And I've, you're, you're that guy. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I'm that guy. Okay, so first let's give some some background on that. Um, how's your vision today? How's that working? Uh, that's about as good as every other day. Every other day. So <laughs> the reason I say it that way, and I'm, I'm sorry if, I, if that sounded flippant. <laughs> because you know my friend Steve, I feel like I could be a little more silly with you. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for forgiving me. <laughs> I was like, well, how's your vision today? That's horrible. But you, you're 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 blind, right? So you you you're working the board without being able to see where all the controls are. That's right. So that's fascinating. We're gonna talk about that and we're gonna talk about your creativity. We're gonna get into all the cool things that you do in just a second. But first, I'm gonna say hi to Mark because uh literally been a few days since I've seen you and the cops were called. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, you didn't need to call the police. I would have left the store. I mean, geez, I, I might have even bought something, but you know, you ran me out. No. I, I tell but, you, yeah. there's there's some craziness going on in the world. Yeah. Well, it, it was a cool day. The windows yeah. were down. Your dogs were in the car. Sunroof was in the open. Store. Sunroof was open. You were in the store yep. for five, ten minutes tops. Yeah. And this woman who was still wanting curbside service basically said that somebody called the cops on you because the dogs were in the car. Yeah. And, and the dogs were literally under, under no duress. Like my, my wife and I, to, to be fair, we're, we're the first people that think about the dog. We think about them first. Um, like uh, we, we just on our travel back every time we stopped for a stretch, which is frequent because you've got the dogs uh, stretch pee break. We'd always give them a drink. You know, they've got their own air conditioning in the back uh, at that time. I mean, obviously the car wasn't running. That's why we leave the windows down. Um, it's just that they need to tell everybody and the dogs were barking, which yeah. is probably why she thought they were under duress. But what it is, is the dogs are telling everybody that we've left them behind and we didn't bring them in to see Uncle Brian. So uh, that's that's why they were barking. The dogs were under no duress. As a matter of fact, after we left you, we dropped them at my dad's house uh, and uh, and he spoiled them for the afternoon. <laughs> So grandpa spoils the dogs and while we did other errands and then uh, because we didn't want to leave them in the car. But the world's just too full of crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't like I, as a salesperson in a store, you have to kind of suck up a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah. But as soon as she said that to me, I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, anyway. I, I, I sort of wanted to stick around and see if the police would show up, you know, just Nobody say, did. Hey, you know, I, yeah, I, I fairly no, would. It's it like that, really the police have better things to do than to deal with a, yeah. Dare I say it? A Karen phoning in. 
for yeah. my sister's name is Karen, and she's starting to think that's funny. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyways, well, that's it. It was it was a good holiday. It was nice to see you in person. But more importantly, we have Jeff. So let's let's have a chat with Jeff because uh, absolutely, it sounds like to me Jeff does all the things that I wish I could have um, with with music and sound and things like that. So I'm interested. So you say could have it makes it sound like your time's up. I don't think it is. Um, well, it, that's gotcha. true. That's true. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 51 this year, uh, so my time is not up. But uh, I'm comfortable. I'm 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 where I'm at in life, and I have no regrets um, over that. But uh, when I was in high school, I was in the uh, the sound department. I did all of the the mixing and everything for you know Battle of the Bands, for Talent Nights, for the for the musicals they put on. I did all that. Um, and then just never pursued it after I got out of high school, which I, I could have. I just didn't, you know, was there were other things to do, beer to be drank and, and whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's easy to get out of a couple of classes when you've got assemblies going on afterwards. Exactly. <clears throat> I, it was just nice. Oh, sorry, teach. I got to go. It's I got an assembly I got to go set up for. It. it didn't take as long to set up. It wasn't that complex of a board. So it took like all of 10 minutes to get set up. And then we'd sit in the empty auditorium and play our music for an hour until the assembly started. You know, it was good. Yeah. I mean, you have, you get all the excuses down. Oh, we're working on the manual for this mixing board, which was, even if it was something that started, it never just went anywhere, but you acted like it was still in progress. And they know the yeah. size of those things. They know they're big. So you just like, Oh, you're doing this today. And it was important, right? Cause it was, right, we can't have the cheer if we don't have the, the sound. So it was, it was good because let's be honest, with, without the sound at a concert or the sound, the mixer at a, a recording studio, I mean, where, where are you? You've got just a bunch of guys with amps. So, And we just lost Brian. So <clears throat> I'm sure he'll be back in a second. <laughs> he, he texted me, did I cut out? Um, yes, yes, you did. <laughs> yes, I was about to text back. Yes, you did. Okay. So, but uh, anyways, Jeff. Um, welcome, and I'm excited to talk to you. So, if if you could, uh, I'll start the question. So, what what exactly? Now, you mentioned Rogers. Are are you a teacher at Rogers? No, unfortunately, okay. not. No. Okay. So, so what what is your uh, affiliation? What what is it you do with sound? If you just explain it to our listeners, what is it you do with with audio engineering and music? Um, recording and editing. I'm doing a lot of editing these days, really. Um, but yeah, recording music, doing editing mixing afterwards uh with rogers it was mostly uh live like running the board while something was either being taped or was aired live to television oh sorry rogers cable not rogers, rogers cable yeah okay rogers rogers yeah. television yeah right so sorry. <clears throat> some, some backstory uh, am i live can i can i yeah can we got you brad all right cool cool, cool. Uh, as some backstory i work at henry's camera newmarket and i work with a guy named steve steve walsh and Steve, I happen to know from when I had the TV show on Rogers back in the day, uh, Steve was our producer. So um, Steve talked to me about Jeff and he's like, hey, man, you got to have this guy on your show. This guy is the most talented guy you'll ever meet. Um, he's got a great personality and blah, blah, blah. Steve juiced you up. I'm sorry. He did. Um, anyway, basically telling us stories about how, you know, you're able to work the board without being able to see a thing and you memorize where the locations are, you get familiar with where everything is and you're, you're running it to the point where, like you say, I mean, you're called coach. You're able to help everybody else get better with it as well. Um, but then he tells me that you're also a musician 
and you're you're a creator in general. And right now, I think you're doing podcast editing. Is that right? Yeah. So maybe you can start off with first um, when you're working with Steve, working with Rogers. Uh, was that starting off like a lot of people do with Rogers is volunteer work, or did you apply for the job? Like, how did that all start? Uh, it started when I was. Uh, I just gotten out of college and I needed something to put on the resume. Uh, I needed some experience. Um, and so I'd heard about, I'd kind of been hearing from people that they at one point in their career did work with Rogers television. And it was actually my vision teacher who suggested, I forget how the, the connection was made, but I applied to, uh, to Rogers TV in Richmond Hill and, uh, ultimately got accepted. Um, I say ultimately, it wasn't like it was really hard to get in there. <laughs> they met you, and if they, if they, they thought hey, you were a good candidate, they'd they gave know. me a show. So I mean, that, it, exactly. There you go. <laughs> they never gave me a show, so that does they do have some standards? <laughs> yeah, you have to ask, Mark. You have to ask. Oh, okay. That's, so I thought you were standing here as a show for. I thought it was like Oprah. You get a show, and you get a show. Everyone gets a show. There's a show under your seat. There you yeah, go. Right? <laughs> Everyone reach under your seat. There's a. Oh, never mind. That's we didn't clean up after yesterday. Different show. Different yeah. show. A different show. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, that's not easy to do. So obviously, you went to school. You you went training, you learned how to use boards. So do you find every board is the same or does it take you a long time to adjust to each? Uh, it's, I guess you could say it's kind of like driving where, I mean, fundamentally every car is the same. Uh, instrument panels are going to be different. One might be bigger, you know, might be driving a, you know, a Toyota Corolla one day and then a gigantic, uh, you know, Silverado the next day. Uh, but ultimately they follow the same guideline and, uh, you know, since a lot of them are touch these days or have touch components to them, touch screens, I guess. Uh, and some are all analog. They use buttons and knobs and circuitry. Uh, some are more complex than others. Obviously, some have, you know, they use them for different purposes. But ultimately, uh, at the core, they're the same. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd think with like an iPhone or a phone touchscreen type device that would be a little bit more trouble is there some sort of different operating system that you're able to use to make that easier as far as like a, as far as like an iphone yeah no like if there were a board um i guess they still have toggles or are you, do you are there boards now that are just all just touch interface like a like a tablet there might or is be that not been a problem um there might be a board that's all touch it would well it would probably still have to have at the very least like faders nowadays yeah. a lot of boards have connectivity I'm sure you've seen this before, especially with other cameras and stuff. So even if something were inaccessible, um, first off, I mean, there was actually the board at Rogers was touchscreen. And not only was it, it was actually, it was a, it was, it was kind of groundbreaking in a lot of ways. It was a strange device because I think it was from the year 2000. So it had both a floppy drive and a touchscreen in the one unit. Hmm. Uh, that transition but, year <laughs> exactly it no it really was if you want to transition that was it uh it also had a computer terminal on the right so and that's actually this actually goes to one of the things that we worked around when they revamped the studio was one of the things you'd have to do for um going live to air was making sure that the master control uh on the other end like at uh i guess at headquarters could uh, connect with you so you'd have everything time for when you go to break when you come back 
Um, so you'd run the test tone, which is the one kilohertz sine wave, like that everyone knows. And uh, that was used originally with uh, one of the touchscreen buttons, or maybe it was one of the terminal buttons. So we assigned one of the uh, one of the uh, I'll just say buttons that was previously unassigned to that uh, to that control. And not only did it help me, but it helped uh, another longtime and uh, longtime audio volunteer from there who has cerebral palsy and is in a wheelchair so obviously he's a bit lower to the ground and uh he, he even he didn't have to reach over to the other side and find the button he had he was fully sighted so even he could just reach up and grab the and, and push the button on top so there are ways of getting around it and even if uh even if it's tough you can nowadays they they link to uh they you know they, they might have a company app that you can run on your phone or on android that does have uh that does have support, so you could be able to read the app from there. So there's there are different ways. There's to do it. Good accessibility. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Have you felt hindered in any way in in this career getting into Rogers? I mean, it sounds like they're extremely open, accessible kind of place to work. Yeah, the one thing I would have liked to have done was gone on more mobiles. Mm. I think there may have been some some uncertainty about how do we have this gentleman who's blind on site with. Uh, with all these moving parts, with different cables, different, you know, with, with cables going everywhere, different cameras, people going around. When you could have, uh, and I understand liability is one thing, but what it's it's knowing your way around a building or even around a, a, a truck or the kind of facility would be, it's fairly easy to do. It's like when you go to a work for, go to workplace for the first time, do you know how to get everywhere when you, when you get to work on the first day? No, right. you don't know where the bathrooms are. <laughs> <laughs> you find out really quick because you're going to need those. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in some case, I mean, th there was that aspect. It would have been nice to do more on location stuff. But um, what I was able to do, I mean, no, there was never any. If anything, nope. like it was if anything, it was a really loose environment. We had to get people to be OK with, you know, talking, making blind jokes every now and then. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just being people. Right. And talking and yeah. have you know, respect is there, of course. Um, now, do you find that's the perception, though, of, of the way they were seeing it? Or do you think that, like, do you think that they thought you couldn't do it, but you know you could have? I know that everyone that I was dealing with knew that I could do it, but it was uh, people in a different department who, who I don't think I'd ever met before that people who really didn't know me that kind of assumed that. And uh, hmm. I found out later that there were ultimate. There were some people that went to bat for me, which is really nice. But just didn't, that part just didn't work out. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like anything, change takes time sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And somebody like yourself showing people that it can be done and done well um, is how it has to be done. So that's that's the way it should be. It's yeah. awesome. And, and it's a particular skill set that you have as well. Um, and it's it's knowing and having an affinity for um, the the equipment that you're using, the, the the board, and even knowing how to use different boards um, as they come along and learning how to use the board. And obviously you're taking the time to learn how to use it. You're not just, um, you're, it, it doesn't sound like you would be the kind of guy that would throw an excuse out there. Well, no, no, we need to keep this old board because um, I just want to know how to use. You're going to say, yeah, sure. Give me the new board and, and I'll, uh, I'll learn it. And it's no different than anybody else learning a new piece of equipment. You just have a different way of learning it other, other than the visuals. So um, that's that's kudos to Rogers for giving you that chance because there's there's a lot of people that would have seen that as a, that, that's 
um, I, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to call it a disability. It, I think it is. Well, that's but, what it is, though. But it's for you. You're you're definitely not letting that hold you back. And um, kudos to you for that. And and having the uh, um, I'm going to call it the courage to to go after it because um, there's a lot of people that would just sort of roll up and say, well, that's the, I'm just going to do something different and not uh, something that doesn't require my sight maybe uh, as much. Uh, but that's that's awesome. Like it, it's a very inspirational thing that you do to let people know that if they've got a disability, that you know most workplaces do have um, accessibility um, guidelines for for their operation. So you know, absolutely. Um, There's two stories I want to talk about to that point. One, um, you are a self-professed social butterfly, so you <laughs> love getting out there and you love doing stuff and you love talking with people and collaborating with people. Um, this is through, you know, what you've told us about yourself already in our notes. Uh, so that's awesome. But it's also the people you work with that help with those things too, right? Like I know Steve and I know some of the stories he's told me and as you know, some of the shenanigans that you guys were potentially going to get up to where he wanted to have you um, go into a store and he would be feeding you lines and stuff like that. And because you, necessarily can't see but you know it would be just this i don't know uh, steve is a crazy guy i don't know what he's talking about but uh, <laughs> you had fun with it is my point you're able to see it for what it is and work with people and people respect you enough and you know they respect you but it's still you can talk about it and you can laugh and you can have some fun with it and i think that's super important it's more than okay anybody like you said yourself mark it's not too late for mark to to go and do this right to be an engineer it's not too late for somebody to go and learn something but it, it's who you are and who you surround yourself with that let you blossom and be yourself. And the fact that you can still just be yourself and hang out with your friends and, and just make light of that situation. Um, that's the difference maker. I think everybody can be talented and learn and do something, but not everybody can have a positive attitude and see a down situation and make it not a situation at all. And I think that's kind of, I don't want to say not a situation at all. And I'm, I don't want to take words out of your mouth, Jeff. I'm sure it's a situation. I'm sure it's a struggle for you to learn and to do these things, but I'm looking at you right now. And I can't see that struggle. I, I see a guy who's perfectly fine just doing whatever he wants to do. How accurate am I? Yeah, accurate. I mean, obviously, like you said, there's a lot more that I could be doing. There's sometimes where it's kind of hard to go like, oh, if I was, you know, if, when I was in school, if I had maybe pursued accessibility a little bit more. Um, but although, I mean, no, like I love... I love just being me and yeah, getting out and doing everything and being with people and just talking about it too. I think that um, just being able to let others know that you're open to answering questions. Yeah, that's important. That is important <clears throat> because there is some uh, stigma and fear about saying the wrong thing, especially in this day and age. Yes. And I, I'm really bad at that. So I apologize if I say something that's wrong because, you know, there's no ill will ever from me. But, yeah, I'm bad at that, too. I say some things and I think they're they're funny or they're going in the right way and sometimes they don't. So you can be understanding of that. And I'm sure you are. But um, it's it's a different time these days. And it, I can I'm glad that you're able to open up and answer questions for people to people because people need to know these things. And I, I that's another reason I'm happy you said yes to being on the show. Absolutely. What was the transition like from Rogers? Where did you go from that? And how did that end? Why? I mean, obviously the Rogers and Richmond Hill, and the, the broadcast side of things has changed. 
Yeah, they um, they decided to appropriate that space for I think it was more of the uh, it's either the tele the telecommunications side or maybe the security. I think it was more the the yeah the the telephone or the like the computer guys and just more of the other departments wanted in and they've moved a lot of that stuff sort of in a few different keys um i won't lie it's it's been challenging um i've been applying for different jobs i've gotten i've gotten some work a lot of times just doing work from home that's kind of where the editing job has come from um but yeah i won't lie it's still it's still a challenge you know, making sure and, and a lot of times it's some of it is part of uh some of it is part of being blind or like some cases it's just general like job filling out applications one thing i find now is people when someone hires someone they want to for the price of one so sometimes if you're applying for a job in the in in dealing with audio these days they might want someone who is both you know a board operator and a camera operator at the same time um that's mm-hmm. kind of been it's kind of been a um that's that's i guess that's one sort of hindrance or just way of getting around that but all in all it's been okay cool yeah i, I could see that as um uh, as a manager of a retail store right now the first thing i do when i hire new staff is i cross train them um so that if somebody does call out sick or you know somebody wants to take vacation that you've got another person you know that they can say okay you know steve can Steve also knows camera, so we can pull him off board because we've got Jeff as well as Steve. So we'll leave Jeff on the board, put Steve on camera for the night. So I could I could see that from a cross training perspective, uh, if they're looking for two for the price of one. But um, when you're looking at a camera operator versus a board operator, it's generally two very different animals um, that that hopefully many companies aren't trying to skimp out and have one person do everything for them but i also know that it's business and they they do that <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh, yeah get the most they can that's frustrating though it's frustrating yeah. but music how does that play into it for you um as far as like professionally or even just creativity creativity wise i mean I, the reason mark Myself, Aurora, and Ryan started this podcast was because when COVID first hit, uh, we're all creative people in our own ways, right? We all like to do things that are creative. And when you can't do anything, it's like the world's, it feels like the world's just closing in on you. I'm sure you know where I'm coming from this. Um, All too well. So when COVID first hit, we all needed to do something. And we talked about the idea of doing the podcast. And for me, it's been life changing, it's been incredible. Um, I know we all have our own stories and there's certain episodes that touched us more than others. And, um, but the whole process of staying creative and doing things is super important. So when things stop, Roger stops, whatever, we fall back on what we love, our, our other creative sides. And um, how did that kick in with you? Did you start doing more music? Did you start uh, recording more? Cause I've listened to your SoundCloud. I mentioned to you before we hit record last week, when we tried to record the episode and my sound wasn't working uh, <laughs> the whole day I'm listening to your SoundCloud, listening to the different blending of, of music that you do. And that's, that's something I want to talk to you about as well, how you blend it and how you, 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 you beat map it. You, you can get the tempo right and stuff like that. I want to talk about that in a second, but in general, was the music something that you fell back on when COVID first hit? Cause I know, like you say, your social butterfly and you mentioned it to us before lockdown, I'm sure it must have been hard on you. Yeah, it's tough to say. It's tough to, to keep six feet apart from someone you can't see in front of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, at, at first, yeah, it, um, I was I was also getting a lot into saxophone at the time. Uh, I was taking lessons online. I was doing some recording with people that had started over the like before the pandemic, and then uh, at some it was went into a little bit of the pandemic. I tried a couple of live streams. Everyone was trying the latest and greatest um, uh, app in terms of like I think there was like acapella. There's there's play with me, and there's a bunch of other things where you could play virtually with other people. Right. And right, uh, right. I was like, and I you know didn't want to be you know, left out. So I was like, all right, let's, let's try. I'm already working on these techniques on learning saxophone. Let's try a couple of Facebook live streams. So that was something that I tried. And there was also some, uh, uh, some, some jams that were held on Facebook and StreamYard that uh, were started up as well. So that was fun, but I won't lie. There were times where the, the inability to play with other people and just to, to have that free flowing aspect of it was was tough and it was easy to in some cases just kind of put things aside for a bit and just take the easy route out and uh you know watch sports all day which is something else that opened up in of itself but i don't know there were times where i tested it so i'd yeah. say a mixed bag yeah yeah I, I understand that I, I i joked at the beginning of the show that you know maybe somebody could teach me you know better guitar um but where i learned most of my guitar is playing with other people um, they'll show me a, a riff or a lick, and and I would just learn it from them. And last week was no different. I was at a friend's house, uh, and he brought a guitar down, and then uh, he sat it down and brought another guitar down and handed it to me. And he says, "Hey, I want to teach you this thing, um, this song that I just learned, which I, he had played for me already." And I'm like, "Hey, I know that song," which tickled him a little bit because first off, I recognized it, so it meant he was playing it right. Um, and and uh, but the two of us used to be, you know. Um, well, we're still our close friends, but we used to play together all the time when we lived closer. And now we live, you know, 14 hours apart. So it's it's difficult to get together. But um, the one thing we never did do was do it online and get together through StreamYard or, or Facebook or something like that and and do something. But I absolutely get that where you learn from somebody else. So how, how did you, did you play saxophone before the pandemic or, and we're learning or is it something you've just picked up? Uh, I'd started the year before, I think, um, but it does take a lot. It does take some time to get even good at it. Um, yeah. And I was really starting to feel comfortable with playing with people. Yeah, even when I wasn't comfortable, I would still I would still go out and play with uh, with people at local song circles and stuff, and um, kind of take note from that. Especially if there was if someone was taking a video, or even if I made some recordings myself and listening to that and hearing how you sounded comparing to either other people that were around you or other people playing saxophone. So I was still strong in that as well. So that was something that was very recent. And so initially COVID wasn't discouraging to that. Yeah. And I can see the, um, the allure of learning the saxophone. It is a very distinctive sounding, a, a very, I've always loved the sound of a saxophone. Um, but uh, being a wind instrument is something that I could never play. So it's uh, for, for um, We'll just say personal personal reasons because of the moisture that forms in in uh, a wind uh, instrument. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't I don't do spit very well. <laughs> yeah, you know, to think of it in, in there pooling in the corner. No, no, <laughs> can't do it. Can't. I played the baritone in public school, and uh, and I just made every excuse on the earth to not take it because when you were draining it, it was like, oh, that's oh. funny. <laughs> But uh, that's why I play guitar now because there's no spit or a lot less spit 
Yeah. yeah. Unless you're Jimi Hendrix, there isn't a lot of mouth yeah. moving. Like the <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and I am not. I am not Jimi Hendrix. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I dabbled with, um, I played the bugle in a drum and bugle corps. I played the cello, clarinet. I shouldn't say I played. You know, you, you're, when you're a kid, your your mom kind of says, here, play this this year. And you kind of dabble. It's like, no, I don't like it. And then you try something else. And I landed on the drums. And that's just because spit may still be flying, but it's for different reasons, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's awesome that you were learning something new like that. How many instruments do you play? Uh, I think around six or seven. Only? Oh, okay. So, you know, you're late bloomer. You know, you just don't like really trying too hard. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started when I was four years old. Yeah, I'm just going to show myself out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you play? What what total do you play? Uh, keyboard, piano and keyboards, drums, uh, flute, saxophone, banjo, steel guitar, and uh, dulcimer. dulcimer. My mother would love you. My mother would love you. <laughs> My mother plays everything just like you do. It's yeah. amazing. Anybody who can just cross over from one totally different instrument like from a wind instrument to a guitar to a piano i mean those are two three different disciplines all together um do you find you pick these things up easily yeah um i think starting off on piano really helped because a piano has a piano has everything it's one of the biggest instruments and uh, it has all the notes all the keys and you can learn um even just the basics of uh I, mean, I say music theory rather loosely, but just what the notes are, uh, the 12 notes that are in a scale. Once you know that, basically, um, each other, every other instrument, you know, melodic and melodic instrument, aside from percussion, is really just a uh, is really using the same 12 notes in uh, in the scale. It's just it's just a different way of playing it, whether mm -hmm. if it's blowing into it or uh, playing with a bow or. Uh, playing, you know, strings or no strings sort of thing. Uh, and some of it just kind of happened organically. Like the piano was one thing that um, I was initially like, you know, I got a keyboard for Christmas when I was four. I, I had some very primitive lessons on uh, what each note was, what it, what they sounded like and what they were called. But it was mostly just kind of self-taught, like hearing a, hearing a song and having played played around with the keyboard and then getting familiar with what each note sounded like and kind of piecing things together. Like I remember when I taught myself how to play clocks by Coldplay because it was when it had just come out and it was big. And when I learned that I could do that, I was like, wow, this is great. And it, I guess kind of went from there. Although it's, it's funny just thinking about that now on a conscious effort, it was all just open when you're a kid, you don't think so much about the how and why you don't really make think about these things chronologically. Uh, drums came about because I'd seen my, you know, my, my cousin and my uncle's kit, uh, in their, in their barn, on, in their barn on their farmhouse. And I really loved the way that he played them. I love how they sounded. And I just made my own DIY kit at home with a bunch of different things. And I'd situated them in the way that the, a drum kit would be laid out. And I think my parents took note of that. And even though I'd never asked for a set of drums, cause I knew that they were prohibitively expensive. I got one. Yeah, they are. Flute. And, and I'll kind of just go flute came about because of high school ensemble there were no piano or drums to play and so i was like okay like starting off from square one and uh, i just chose the flute because i i liked the sound of it and i'd never really been a lot i never really been around woodwind and brass instruments so it just kind of seemed but i ended up just really loving that and running with it 
lucky for me, it's tuned to the same way as a piano, so I didn't have to do any trans, uh, you know, transposing like you do with. Actually, so is so is baritone. So even though it's disgusting, it's at least in the same tuning as a piano. <laughs> Whereas trumpets, French horns, saxophones, yeah. clarinets, all were different. So was the flute because you like Jethro Tull or because of like more of a Jean-Pierre Rompal kind of thing? Like, which um, flute do you? It wasn't really based off of anything. I hadn't really listened to a lot of flute music. It was more of just I like the sound of it, the way it sounded. And um, I don't know. Maybe that's just what it was. I mean, it was definitely the, the, the smallest. but Cool. That's very cool. Um yeah. Well, it's. I mean, I think the dexterity that it takes to play each each instrument is so different. That's that's what really gets me. Like the piano, you're so separated. Drums. I guess it's all just separation and, and just focusing on. It's crazy. Well, good for you. That's awesome. Love it. Excellent. Is, is there is there another instrument that you're thinking you want to pick up and start learning? Uh, obviously, you're still learning the sax by the sound of it. But it sounds like since you're going to music circles, you've you've got a a handle on that. Is there something else you're thinking of picking up? Absolutely. Um, a friend of mine wants me to play clarinet probably for a couple of other songs. Okay. I, can't remember, I can't remember what his originally was, but I at some point as well would love to learn how to play the bagpipes. I think that would be very cool. I'm sure your neighbors would love that too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm surprised the banjo didn't drive anybody. Well, actually, maybe it did. Maybe it banjo is incredible. My mom plays the banjo. She is so good. She plays the mandolin, the banjo. Oh, wow. um, when I was younger, um, I was living in Vermont, and my uncle and my mother did dueling banjos over the phone. Um, like in my house in Vermont, my mother was playing on one phone, and I was on a different phone, and my sister was on a different phone. And in my uncle's place in Montreal, he was playing his uh, – I think he was playing the mandolin. My mom was playing the banjo, and they did the dueling banjos thing. One of the most incredible, memorable moments of my life was listening to this music <laughs> happen over the telephone. Oh. I mean, it was awesome. There's a core memory right there. Exactly right. Music does That's that awesome. for people. That's awesome. But the bagpipes are cool. I um, my uh, my heritage is uh, is British, so obviously British Isles. Um, and when my wife and I got married, we had a piper pipe my wife down the aisle. We were married outside, um, so they piped her down. The, he he piped her down the aisle, and then he played uh, softly uh, while we were signing the registry and everything. And then he piped us back out, uh, which was a lot of fun. When done well, it's incredible. Yeah, it was. He was. He was awesome. Uh, it wasn't very Scottish though. His name is Tom Fraser. So you know, uh, so you know, he was obviously very Scottish. Spoke with a very th thick accent as well. But um, in uh, my previous career, one of my the vice presidents that I worked under uh, was a piper, and uh, one of the support staff that supported my district was also a piper. So that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, love the bagpipes. So if you if you get on the bagpipes, we'll have you back on and, and playing. Yeah, that that'd be awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say the only piper that I've ever known is Rowdy Roddy Piper, who also played the bagpipes. So I did not know that. Yeah, though the wrestler, right? I know, I knew the wrestler. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Is that where? Because I remember the kilt and everything. That's where he got it. Yeah, Piper. He actually piped. Oh, he piped very well. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, you guys I have seen the Red Hot Chili Pipers. <laughs> no. No. no, are they a thing? Like, is they that are a thing. thing. Oh, now I have to Google that. I'm making a note. Pipers, that's hilarious. Are they like? Do they wear like a sock over their groin and stuff, or are they? When you type in "red hot chili," it's the, the the chili peppers is the first result on my Google, and chili pipers is the second. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. 
Well, definitely gonna check. And that they're out. on tour. Wait a minute, are they on tour? There we go. Red Hot Chili Pipers. Most famous bagpipe band on the planet. Well, I've heard of them now. Yeah. That's cool. Nice. All right, so let's get into the next type of music that you do and the mixing and the blending of songs. And this is what I want to kind of find out about. And I, I we talked about it a few minutes ago, how <clears throat> some of your, your recordings weren't able to be aired and so on and so forth. So first off, maybe you can explain to us um, how this came to be, where you you mash up songs um, and talk about maybe where people can hear this music and uh, what it means to you. It's tough to, again, it's kind of tough to point it out because it all happened sort of by happy accident. Um, I think I got into it because I was, when I just got a computer and I was online and I was figuring out how the internet works, I had a friend who was was blind and teaching me how to use a computer with a screen reader. And he was really into this online radio station at the time. And the owner wrote a lot of stuff using uh, <clears throat> using MIDI and uh, you know, electronic keyboards and software instruments as well. And he had this whole website of just instrumentals that he used. And I just had this idea once of trying to put two of these instrumentals together because of how they sounded. And that and so the first one started out easy because they were already the same tempo. And then just talking with someone else who was already doing those types of mashups, he showed me how to use time compression. And it was really just in just doing a lot of these things that I found out how you get a relative, how you can get um, the, the exact tempo of songs in order to be able to manipulate them. And there, there are tools that will, that will do it for you, but also once you do it as well, you kind of have a rough estimate of, uh, you know, you can kind of take an educated guess um, just, just doing it while and paying attention. But uh, soundcloud.com slash jamming dash Jeffrey. I think it's uh, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y um, is there. And those were all the, admittedly, I was into them a lot more at the time. You know, now I've kind of scaled back on them. I don't have, I just find that I don't have as many um, thoughts that would come to me, although there still are some that I want to do. There's one that I'm finally able to do because of, uh, for a while, source material was the problem you know, finding some kind of instrumental or acapella to do that. But now there's separation tools that are out there that will let you do that. And uh, so you, you basically hear two songs <clears throat> that you think might work well together and you, you paste them and then you blend them and you add little bits here or there. Is that how it works? Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be just two songs. Mine primarily are two or maybe even three songs at the most. But I mean, like if you guys ever heard like the, um, Oh, what the United State of Pop, or like the, or even DJ Earworm. Like mashups are quite trendy, trendy now, and there are there are artists that can make entire songs, like can write songs using using bits from like I think DJ DJ Earworm is is one of the most popular ones, or even uh, what's that guy on? I think this is going to be really local to like Ontario listeners, but on uh, Z103 or Kiss 92.5, the the the, the I don't want to say the Mad Dog. I forget the mashup artist, the DJ that they have in the mornings. He always has his little mashup sets. But there are people that can write entire songs out of you know samples of pop songs, and that to me is—I mean, I love it. That's that is a form of songwriting in my mind and of itself. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, just being able to piece these things together and and have them blend well, 
like yeah. I just shared one in our in our internal chat here. Uh, so if Mark wants to listen to what I'm talking about from your SoundCloud, it was the one um, with Timbaland and Sashi versus Quantic. Ah, uh, yes, that one. It's, I, I'm a vibey kind of music person, right? Like I get into a vibe of a song, and and when you were blending those together, I just I turned the my lights, I put them on the dance mode. I closed the window, like I closed the door and I just kind of put the headphones on and, and kind of vibed on with that song. Um, you do a good job. You do a really, really good job. And I was able to go from track to track to track to track and just listen to it. Like it was my random play music list. So uh, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for, you know, letting me know that you do these things. Cause uh, I, I didn't, you know what? I don't listen to a lot of this kind of stuff. I listen to the same six to 10 artists on my phone all the time. I've, I've said it a million times. I'm kind of a tool, the police rush kind of blend and then throw in some of the new stuff every once in a while, lots of Foo Fighters, that kind of stuff. So I haven't really been exposed to a lot of the, the mixing other than what my wife might listen to. So it was great to listen to this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's the mashups are very, very interesting. I, I think it, it takes an ear, it's an ear that I don't have to be able to identify that the two songs would fit well together. And it's, uh, I mean, I hear it all the time, whether it's Disturbed and the Cranberries mashed up or <laughs> you know, it's uh, Disturbed Cranberries. Anyways, uh, it's, there's, <laughs> exactly. there's, there are so many, like you, you can go on YouTube and find, you just type in mashup and you'll get all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, you would think, how how do they fit together? But they do. And yeah. there are so many people, I don't want to say there's so many people because there's, there is a talent to that. It's a very a creative talent to um, driving that kind of sound and identifying that these two songs will fit together. But then also it's the vocals are fitting with the other music, which is interesting and insane all at the same time, because it's such a different, a lot of times a different genre completely. And yeah, I love their, they're fun. And that's what I like about them. These are a lot of fun. Do you hear like just when you were doing it, obviously you, you, you say you haven't done it, you know, in a minute, let's say um, when you were doing it more heavily, did you find like you were just all of a sudden you hear a song and think, Hey, that would blend well with this song and then sit down and, and try and do that. There's been a lot of times I've, I've thought of this would kind of go well with this, but I've never sat down and tried to put anything together. Yeah. Um, sometimes a lot of them like were just like, came out of nowhere. Like, you know, they were shower thoughts or when I'd be on, you know, I, when I'd be commuting to school or to work, you know, something that would come into my mind and I would mark it down for when I would get home to be able to do it. Um, I remember the first time I heard uh, the song. Um, uh, what was it? I think it's called Come in Prayer. Or, or I think it was just called, I forget what it was called now, but, and uh, um can't remember what it's called either way that was one that were upon first time hearing it it kind of had a it, it kind of sounded like a hangover from the 90s I'm like this sounds like the this sounds like uh something from from 1999 and that one just came out at first but a lot of times it was a song may have been out for for a couple of years or a couple of them were challenges too i remember when just a dream by nelly had come out and someone challenged me to put something with that or you know a rihanna song that was up there a lot of times they just kind of came very organically. Cool. I still do. Yeah. Are you still doing it? Like, do you still mash them up? Yeah, not as not as frequently as I used to, but I do have a couple. And thanks to the reminder, actually, before the show, you'd mentioned that uh, they only go 
<clears throat> like with, with a SoundCloud page I'd gotten, I'd actually deliberated doing a SoundCloud page for a while because of this very same problem. But, um, you know, there's there's got to be a way of just accounting for the fact that these are like, we're not making any money off of these. They're just for creative, you know, creative right. commons, I guess you could say. I don't I don't want I want to I don't want to go into the the the, the legalese of it, but no, there's in my mind there's nothing really illegal about this. It's just a creative form, and if someone is making money off of these illegitimately, because there are I mean there are people that DJ for a living that do this sometimes in software, sometimes with with hardware, they do it the old school way, but for a lot of times it's just hobby. Yeah, it's just like our show here. If, yeah. I mentioned uh, to Jeff earlier, Mark, when we had Tally on. And she yep. had her promo reel. Uh, if you watch our show back, when her promo reel hits, it cut the music cuts out, the audio cuts out because she's got to have a survivor playing. And, right. Uh, so yeah. they really, you know, we're not making any money from this. We're not monetized. We're not monetizable. So when it's a situation right. like that, you think they would just be like, eh, whatever. But yeah. Well, I, I don't, but no, that's that's cool though. I, uh, I I really admire the the mashups and the fact that you. You're creative in that you want to do that. So you you've got a couple of other ideas for mashups. I do. I would yeah, love so. to take uh, the the song um, "Castles on the Hill" by uh, Ed Sheeran, okay, and marry that with "Change uh, Change the Sheets" by uh, Kathleen Edwards. And that one's going to be tough because there's that one's going to take some 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 thought because. They're both very strong. They, they're both very strong lyrically. Like they have a lot to fill in. So be working around those two. Um, and uh, there is one with uh, going back to have, have there any have there been any that I've heard that just kind of instantly jumped at me. Uh, uh, one of my friends is a huge Justin Bieber fan. And when the song I'm So Lonely came out. Not the police song, but the Justin Bieber one. <laughs> you know I was song. going there. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. But that came out. I was like, you know what? This is a good song, but it also like I kind of got Phil Collinsy vibes off of it, and I was like, "This needs, this needs something a little bit more slower and a little more, um, a little more know, melodramatic." It already is kind of a melodramatic song, but a little bit more uh, ballady type. And uh, I ended up pairing that with. Um, have you guys ever seen Brother Bear, the uh, the Disney yeah. film? Yeah. Uh, with. Uh, one of the Phil Collins songs from Brother Bear. And I got to find a place to, yeah. to upload that one because that's one of my favorites. And that was one yep. of her favorites too. So. That actually had a great soundtrack, that movie. It really did. Very cool. Yeah. What a mix. You know, you know what's funny is that my wife and I were actually talking about that movie uh, last week. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's the... Um, when when she gets the spell from from the witch, right, and she gets all upset because it <laughs> turns her brother into the bear, the bear, right. So it's like that scathy witch give me a gummy spell, <laughs> you know. So it's, we, we 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 joke about it, and it's because we actually saw, uh, I think it was a license plate, and she realized that there's going to be a whole series of plates that is like uh, because of the four letters now you can abbreviate it to scathy. Um, so it's you know, scuffy witch, give me a gummy spell, and it's yeah. Let me anyway. ask you guys a random question on this kind of point. I'm gonna squirrel a little bit here. What percentage of your daily vocabulary do you think comes from media, TV, music? I'm gonna ask me? each of you individually. Yeah, Mark, <laughs> you can start. Yeah, um, uh, pop culture reference in general, I'm gonna say 
it's got to be 30 40 percent yeah whether it be from a commercial or a movie or a song or something like that yeah what do you think jeff i would say around that too actually we were just doing we were just having fun with this yesterday um uh my in-laws and I and, and my family were having fun with quoting, uh, I think it was Uncle Buck. Oh, lines, lines from Uncle Buck. Oh Classic God. lines. And yeah. uh, <laughs> my sister-in-law was kind of like, okay, guys, uh, I'm going <laughs> to just sort of smile and nod because I haven't seen this movie before. Oh, you haven't seen it? She hadn't, but I. Oh, your sister I, hasn't. Okay. There, there are so many great quotable lines from just about any John Candy movie. Uh, yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles is yeah. all just. Yeah, stripes. Those are uh, pillows. Uh, yeah. Where's <laughs> your hand between two pillows? Oh, I love John Candy. I miss John Candy. Oh my god! Day, I, I met him once. I think I was about twelve years old. I met him in, in Home Hardware, at Newmarket. There, um, you know, the one on the hill up from Yeah uh, Nights. There, yeah. I was in there with my parents. They were shopping, and he was there. It was uh, shortly after Stripes came out, I think. So mm. yeah, that's how old Mark is. Anyways. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, it's a, just a, a talent that will weep at the loss of that talent. I'm still sure. waiting to find the SCTV box set, like every episode of SCTV, because yeah. he did a skit with uh, as Johnny LaRue. I don't, do, you, yeah. do you guys know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so he did a skit as Johnny LaRue that I, I think of almost daily. Because sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know that expression? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Well, he did the skit where he walked into this room full of women doing laundry. Of course, it was the 70s, 80s. And they're all doing laundry, smoking. Johnny's smoking a cigarette. And they're like, Johnny, 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 there's grease on my shirt. She's like, oh, you got grease on your shirt? You put in more grease. So he puts the shirt in the machine. He puts in grease. And then he leaves. And he comes back in. And they're like, Johnny, 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 our shirts are all greasy. He goes, eh, sometimes it works, sometimes he doesn't. He smokes a cigarette and walks out. And I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> it's like you just dissolved the entire situation yep. by being totally aloof in it. That was awesome. Yep. I loved it. Yeah, I know awesome. I squirreled a little bit there. But... Yeah, that's what we were squirreling anyway with the Brother Bear reference. That's all good. Love it. Love it. <laughs> all right. So we've got some questions before we go. Before we do that, though, Mark, do you have any other questions you'd like to ask Jeff? No, I um, I think I'm good. I just want to say thanks, Jeff, for being on the show. I uh, appreciate your time this evening and uh, really have uh, enjoyed uh, chatting with you this evening. So that's uh, great. Thank you for being here. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. So three questions at the end of every episode. If you've watched any of our episodes, uh, you would know what these three questions are. The first one is something you know, which is what is your challenge? What challenge would you issue to our listeners um, from your your perspective, um, there's a couple that I that I've thought about, and uh, one of them I would say is it, it might come out of left field, but make it a goal to meditate at least once a day. Try meditating for ten minutes once a day for a week. It certainly helped me. I was, <clears throat> you know, I, I've been familiar with meditation before. I've done it, um, but I just really did it out of necessity just a couple of weeks ago, just because I was just feeling overwhelmed with, uh, with stuff that was coming in from work. Um, and it wasn't even a lot. It was just mentally, I was mm -hmm. just having trouble focusing and it was, it was, was anxious and was running of, you know, a million miles a minute. And of course, when you're in that kind of state, you're not under most circumstances, you're not getting much done. Um, so just setting sitting back for 10 minutes and really just and, and meditating to like you know even if you don't have a if you like if you have a, a bowl or something great 
like one of those meditation bowls, great. If not, look up a video exercise on YouTube and just sit through it. And uh, you'll be amazed when you come out of that how just clear your mind will be and how ready you'll be just to take on whatever it is you're willing to take on. It's not as weird as you may think. We've actually had other guests give yeah. a very similar thing. So yeah. uh, and it, it's, it's a practice that I do uh, when I start to feel overwhelmed. I do a, a very simple mindfulness of breath meditation um, that I can do self-guided now because I've done it so many times. But that's that's always a good place to start is if you YouTube mindfulness of breath uh, meditation. That's a great one to start with. Yep. And even for myself, every day before work, I usually give myself a good hour to just get myself straight. And yeah. I do a lot of meditation. I, I sit and I focus and listen to some music and just absolutely get myself prepared for the day. It's Beautiful. important to take care of yourself. And I think meditation is, is a great way to do it. Love it. Self-care self is paramount. And, and not many of us take the amount of time that we should in that self-care. Yep. Hey, it's Perfect. fixed my back even, which is very weird. Nice. You know, just giving well, yourself weird. proper time to get right. Okay. So Stress going away. Yeah. All right. So that was one. Thank you so much. Now, the second and third question you may not know. Uh, the first one is tools of the trade. So we all have our own things that we fall back on and rely on every time that we're working um, that really get us through there. It doesn't have to be a physical tool. It could be a mental tool. It could be something that you know you tell yourself uh, just to get yourself through the day. Do you have something that you can call on as your tool of the trade? If we're talking about if we're talking about uh, actual tools, I would say uh, I love my Zoom H1 recorder. It's really great for jotting down ideas. Um, as far as, but I mean, even just uh, a lot of times, reminding myself that I've been here before, mm. and uh, and I can do it again. Uh, is, is something I, that really helps me with, uh, you know, you might be doing something for the umpteenth billionth time, but you're, you're nervous about it, or it might be a little bit different and it's like, you, but you've, but you've done this before and you've, you've rocked it every time. And here you were, here you were nervous about it before and come on, just, you know, just, uh, you know, just enjoy it and go with it. That's something really kind of just, just positive reassurance. That's an interesting one because I totally do that. Um, I think a lot of us who have a lot of self-doubt kind of fall and, and have to rely on, on telling yourself, I've done this before. Like when I do a workshop, I stress out like crazy before every single one of them because there's so many things that can go wrong. And all I can uh, – Shelly's like, Brian, you've done this before. Like, why are you freaking out about it? Um, <laughs> but it's true. I mean it, this is the way the brain works, right? So it's good to remind yourself. I love that. All right. So your tools of the trade, your Zoom H1, and remind yourself that you've done it before. Love it. All right. So last question we have for you is, what's your jam? What song will you never skip past? What song absolutely gets you revved? Uh, if you can think of one, if you can't, maybe a group, uh, a type of music. But what's your jam? A song that... I mean, I have a couple. There are a couple of songs that will just always get me revved up. There are a couple of songs that help calm me down. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a big, I'm a huge David Gilmore fan. And his stuff is really soothing to listen to and also just enjoyable to listen to. Um, and uh, sometimes what I've even done 
even just for the sake of going to sleep is <laughs> when I when I was on vacation one time, I made these recordings of of, uh, of the oceanfront, and I would put on David Gilmore while this stuff was playing, and it just fit so much. That so like I guess Pink Floyd is one really good one for me. Uh, if I ever if I need to get piped up uh, at some point, I would say uh, anything from Van Halen one. It's, exactly. it's a good pumper. You know, I'm the one. You know, I hear the guitar yeah. to that and the oh, drums yeah. and just yeah. David Lee Roth coming in. And that's like, all right, let's, you know, let's, let's rock. Let's, let's get out there and do this. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Brian, did you freeze again? I think Brian froze again on us. <laughs> You're the one out and up north. I know, right? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, in the land, I'm in the land of high-speed internet. It just seems everybody out here, no matter where you live, like you know, you're 20, 20 miles out of town at a camp on a small lake, and you got high-speed internet up here. <laughs> no, it's true. No, it's yeah, true. It's I'm back now, right? You can hear me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, I was gonna say about the David Gilmore. Now you say David Gilmore specifically, but you also say Floyd. Um, I go back and forth too. The first music I actually learned to play the drums was David Gilmore's album About Face, which I don't know if you you listen to the song Cruise and Murder and just some killer killer tunes. Um, absolutely love that stuff. Is that what you're talking about as well? Like the his solo stuff? Um, yeah, a, a bit of both. Like I was thinking of uh, like the on the an on an island album is one that's really good for singing. But I mean, I love like you know, the Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall, The Pulse album is one of my favorites. Like one of my favorite live albums. I think that just the way that that was one of those things that everything just lined up when they made that album. I saw Floyd live at the CNE uh, right after the Benson Hedges Festival of Lights. Uh, we took a limousine. We saw the concert. Then we went back in the limousine and took a week-long portage in Algonquin Park. And I saw Aliens. So it was a spectacular wow. week. One of the best weeks of my life other than my uh, my wedding week. So, I yeah. bet. Yeah. I'll tell I, you about I, those stories another time. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk about the Aliens at some point. Yeah, like yeah. It's, I've got, it's, 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 it's quite a story. So, yeah. I had a music teacher who went, who was actually able to go see Roger Waters and uh, the wall at um, I forget where in Toronto he kicked it off, but it was, it was outdoors. Uh, so I was jealous of him for that. The closest I've ever got to seeing Pink Floyd was the comfortably numb uh, uh, cover band and their tour. Yeah. I saw them when I was in, in, uh, in college. And what was very clever about them is at the very end of the tour, they promoted their website with their original material. So they know oh. that Floyd sells and it's a great place for them to put their, yeah. uh, their stuff at the end. Well, oh, you can um, see that they're quality musicians and you can get it. They are phenomenal. Them. Cool. Like, they, they were fantastic. And we thought it was going to be just, an, we thought it was going to be like uh, sitting down and just being, uh, you know, and just taking in a Floyd show for three hours as they performed the wall, like from start to end. No, it was it was an assortment of uh, of, of Floyd stuff. No one was sitting down. Everyone was nice. was dancing across the across across the venue. And at the end, everyone was like, "One more song, one more song." Like we don't know any Floyd songs called "One More Song," so we'll just play with "Run Like." <laughs> no, and that man, must have been a nice good. unexpected surprise too, right? Like you, you probably it was way better than you you expected it to be. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are those tri the tribute bands that do it well. Um, through Thunder Bay, we just had um, a tribute band for Queen called It's a Kind of Magic. And uh, they, my wife said to me, we had front row seats. My wife said as we're leaving, I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. And she just beaming like, wow. we, neither one of 
had the opportunity to see Freddie Mercury uh, perform live, but it was just awesome. He was it, he emulated Freddie like in mannerisms and and everything. Right, it was just really really well done. It was almost like if you saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. It was it was very similar cool. to the type of acting we've seen there. It was just amazing. So, yeah, tribute bands don't don't write them off if you're if you're out there and you want to go see some live music and there's a tribute band coming, go see them because chances are they might be the only chance you have to see some of those musicians that are are no longer with us. So, yeah, yeah, yeah for really, sure, really well done. The cool thing about the Pink Floyd concert is you actually wouldn't have needed to see a thing because you could just sit back, listen to the music, and enjoy the aroma. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. all right though oh man oh, it was well it was a bit overcasty too that day and they had this huge um, mirror ball that comes up from the center of the the cne uh, arena and they had huge spotlights on all the corners of the cne and at one point they all just went and hit this ball and lights just shot up through the skies it was awesome it was really awesome nice all right, that's enough from me talking. Mark, is, is there anything else you'd like to say before we say goodbye no, to Jeff? I'm good. I, actually, I should just add, I did Google the Red Hot Chili Pipers, and if anybody is in Ontario on um, August the 12th, they're playing the Fergus Highland Festival um, from uh, 9.30 to 11 on the main field. So There you go. If you're interested in Pipers and you want to go see it, um, Jeff is obviously a fan. So. Man. <laughs> We'll have to send them an email now and let them know that we've just advertised their show. We, we have given them free promotion, yeah. Free press, maybe, free press. Maybe we can get them on the show. Oh, that would be even more better. That, that would be great. great. Oh, you know what we'll do? We'll get Jeff as a co-host that night. There we go. <laughs> there we go, yeah. See? That would be cool. That would actually be very cool. All right, we'll talk about that. All right, Jeff, yeah. man, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. And I was really nice to get to meet you. Any friend of my friend Steve's is a friend of mine, so uh, it was really nice to – put a face to the stories that uh, he's been telling us, and I'm sure he'll be watching this episode as soon as it goes live. Uh, Mark, as always, thank you too. Very nice. It's Jeff, is there anything you'd like to say before we say goodbye? Uh, anyone out there, find me on Facebook by searching Jeffrey Rainey, R-A-I-N-E-Y, uh, at Jamming R on Twitter. And uh, uh, yeah, just... Uh, Live to laugh and laugh to live. So I keep Perfect. Advice. Perfect. All right. Well, that's it for us, everybody. Thank you so much. Don't forget to click like, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and share this with your friends because we love doing it, and we're going to keep on doing it probably for a while. Uh, we might take a little short break coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking about that, but ultimately we will be back, and we'll talk all very soon. Take care, everyone. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Ooh.